Amen, because we're not a one-man show here. We are people of the book. We're people of the word. We're people that stand on this word no matter what somebody says. It's not a personality thing. It's what the word says. If I'm living incorrect, show me what the word says. If you're living incorrect and I show you what the word says, I want to see you, you know, love me for that. Don't get mad at me because I show you the word. How many believe in the word of God today? Amen. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Today I want to talk to you from Psalm 120. Psalm 120, today's message is entitled, I am for peace. Somebody say peace. How many are for peace in this place? How many are down with the deuces? Down for peace? That's your choice, man. That's what you want. That, if, if there's a, a barbecue going on today and people are wiling out, how many of you are just down for peace? Can't we all just get along? Come on, y'all. Are, are you down for peace? Yes or no? Amen. I'm down for peace. I know that some of you here, you're warriors. You're, you're battle tested. You went to Taekwondo class or you took boxing or something. Are you from the hood or from the streets? Or, you know, you down in some way that may, maybe you just ready, you know. I watch these people do pranks in the hood and I'm like, man, y'all crazy. You're going to die. Has anybody ever seen those pranks when they go into the hood? I saw this one dude on the phone. He's like, man, I'm looking for a blood. And there's like a blood dude right there. He's like, I'm looking for a blood because I'm going to get him. And then the, the blood dude like comes and, and like looks at him about ready to kill him. He goes, it's a prank. It's a prank. And he's like, I don't care if it's a prank. It's too late, Jack. You looked for something. You got it now. But I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter how about it, about it you are. If you do not strive for peace, you're always going to be restless. Even as a warrior, you got to be down for peace on the inside. Otherwise, you'll always be in conflict. Even those here who may be in the military, police, you do take Taekwondo, you're into boxing or whatever, you need to know how to seek peace. The Bible says the Christian is called the peacemaker. How many know that we were supposed to be peacemakers? Amen. That's why I have to give that woman at least respect uh, to answer her and be kind with her because the Bible says that's how we are to treat one another. She came on to the page. She could have just left a rude Google uh, review, which people do all the time. If, if you want to, you know, see what people think about us, read our Google reviews, because that's what they love to do. They spew their hate. And even though you can reply there, there's no way I'm getting into some debate and argument on Google reviews, you know? Like, let, let you all discern what you think about that review. That's up to you, you know? But if you come on our post, like she did uh, today, or anybody comes on our post, uh, you know, respectful, and then they share their disagreement agreement, man, we're, we love that. You're, you're, not, you're not testing us. We, we don't think that's rude. We appreciate that. Matter of fact, I wish I could do all things like that. I wish that I could have all discussions and disagreements like that because I don't like keeping secrets. I'm not a gossip. I'm not a person that likes to pretend that I like you in front of you and talk about you behind your back. How many are done with hypocrisy and phoniness in the church? I'm just done with it. Like, at least when you sit through a service like this, you'll know where we stand. I know that there are people, listen to this, y'all. I had to deal with people's church in the city, and I name names when it's appropriate because I had to deal with them. They had put such a weak stance on homosexuality that people in their church, listen, this is not gossip. This was on their Instagram, and I'm, I'm using this not to say how much better I am. I'm just saying that when you play fake, people will find you out. Okay, so this church, and I have mentioned them because I, I gave them this rebuke. I told them it would not go well for them and they needed to stop it. 
They were so light on homosexuality that they had lesbians working in the church, their cafe, doing everything. This is public knowledge. You can see it on their Instagram. And went to their leadership retreats, which is, you know, the, where you go if you're a volunteer and you want to work and do something in that ministry. And there at that place, they were then told that they could not have the pastor marry them. How many know that if you have to come to the leader's retreat to finally be told you could not get married as a lesbian couple, that you know the church has done you wrong? You shouldn't have gone that far confused about what was going to happen. The very fact that in their mind they thought that that was still a question, like, hey, you know, on this retreat, I just want to know, like, you're going to marry us? And they put underneath that post, hey, y'all did me wrong. Listen, listen. We may do you wrong in a lot of ways. We may do you wrong because we preach at you. May yell at the word. You know, Pentecostals, we don't just tell it, we yell it. We may do you wrong because, you know, all those other things. But one of the things that you're never going to be able to say we did you wrong is that we didn't tell you the truth. Can I hear an amen to that? That's something that we're proud of here because the truth will set you free. I'm reminded as I'm talking about this that there's one of the Google reviews that says, hey, you know, this church by my house called Metro Praise, I thought, I'm almost just tempted to read it right now. Can I just read it right now? I'm just going to read it right now for you. Somebody say, I'm for peace. If you want to follow along with me, just type in Metro Praise into Google, and then it will come up, Metro Praise International, and you can look at reviews. You can t- don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. I'm just going to read it for you because I want you to hear this right now. And, and I don't want anybody to say, I made this up. I didn't make this up. And I want you all to see it right here. Okay, there we go. I just got to get to the reviews. There we go. Reviews, 3.6. We used to be 5.0 until uh, COVID happened, and then they stopped liking us, and then BLM happened, and a whole lot of other, and then we went to the abortion clinics, and then Bevy came, and then we just, we lost that. Okay. We lost, that 5.0 went all the way a long time ago, but we were rolling with that 5.0 for a while. That's why sometimes when I see uh, churches, they rolling with that 5.0, I'm like, y'all, y'all haven't got controversy yet. Y'all haven't got controversy yet. Because trust me, once it happens, they're going to let you know what they think about you. Okay, I hit newest. Okay, right here. I got to get down. This one was a while back right here. And this is the one that says, I thought this church was like this, but they really weren't. Okay, one more down here. I, can, I should be reading the Word of God and not be reading this. I know. But I want to give you guys a little bit of context. This is over two years. I'm scrolling down. Some of y'all haven't reviewed us. That would be nice. How many things? That, w- that would be cool. No, you don't want to review? Okay, here we go. This is four years ago. This is when we could still handle a a one-star review, and it not blow us up. So this was like a long time ago, okay, four years ago. Now, I want, I'm going to read this, and if you want to put it up there for him, you can. He just left the Bible up. That's more spiritual. Thank you for that, sir, because you could have done this. I thought this was just another hip, cool church to lure you in to get your money like new life. I love New Life Covenant, but that's what they said about them. Now, notice, notice, notice how they talk. This is the world. So people say, from the, I'm not, not going to say New Life, but from a lot of churches, they look at us, they go, oh, you too militant, you too radical. But that's what they think about you. They think you just slick and they, you just want their money. 
Let's see what they think about us, though. I thought this was just another cool, hip church like the people of New Life. These guys are just plain judgmental jerks with a right-wing agenda under their slick facade. I live right by them. Try not to acknowledge them because what they do is none of my business. But despite that, they've talked down to me not once, not twice, but three times. What else does that tell you about this church? We own the streets. We're real. We're not hiding in here. We're out preaching the gospel. It's called public speech, my friend. If you don't like it, North Korea would sure love to have you over there. Are you all listening? Well, I don't like it when they talk. It's, it's free speech. If you don't like it, that's up to you. Their toxic message is I'm just waiting for the bus stop. Well, thank God that people can preach in front of the bus stop. Amen? We're not some slick church trying to get your money as you called them other folks out, which I don't believe that about them. But I'm saying we're preaching to you at the bus stop. I'm not going to continue to read the rest of it because it goes on and that you can read it yourself. But you see, I'm for peace. Somebody say, I'm for peace. I am for peace. I'm not against that person. I am for the word of God. But will I preach at the bus stop about heaven or hell? Yes. Is Metro Praise ashamed of that? We are not ashamed of that. The devil may attack, but the lion got my back. Y'all hear me? I say the devil may attack, but the lion got my back. I'm going to preach the word of God. Controversy intimidates some people. But don't stop preaching the word of God. Now, Psalm 120 is going to help you understand the why, why the world treats you the way it does. Because you and I are supposed to be peacemakers. If this person right here in this neighborhood wanted to sit down and talk with us, it would be our treat. Pick any restaurants you want right now. Let's go. As a matter of fact, you can read to my response to the woman who wrote us. I said, you know what? We'll take you out to eat our treat. We'll do a private Bible study with you. I am for peace. Somebody say, I am for peace. I am for peace. I am not, as a Christian, called to cause an issue in the culture that makes us all have a conflict that brings us into hating one another. That's not what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. What I'm supposed to do as a Christian is make peace. But as a peacemaker, peace will only be made by the Word of God. So when we come together, if you have another standard, another agenda, and you want that to be what I agree to, then we will not have peace. Does everybody get that? When we come together and people have their own agenda, their own ideas, their own ways of looking at things, whether it be politics or whatever it is, if it's not based on the Word of God, we won't have peace. We're not going to have peace in our conversation. We won't have peace in our relationships because we'll have conflict. And what I mean now by conflict is a disagreement that causes us to have a division. How can two walk together unless they agree, the Bible says. So there will be a conflict in your life if there is a disagreement over the place of the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? Some Christians think that conflict is always bad. Conflict is not always bad. 
Conflict is actually biblical, and you're going to learn all about it, okay? This is the introduction to the introduction. How many know we're going to get into the Word of God today? How many trust me and know we're going to, we're going to get there? But just hear me today in the introduction, before the introduction, is that there are Christians who just are afraid of conflict. And so when they meet a Christian that stands on the Word of God and says, what comes, comes, I'm good with either outcome, a conflict or us walking together in agreement. When they meet people like that, they think we're judgmental. They think that we don't love them. But that's not true. We, let's just be honest. We love you enough, going back to that review, we love them enough to be at the bus stop. What other church is meeting you out at that bus stop? You see, we love you enough to preach the Word of God at your college campus. We love the business people to preach the Word of God downtown. If your supposed religion doesn't draw you to the streets to tell people about it, then you don't really believe in it. Anybody, listen to me, that says they're a part of a religion, but they don't want to go into the public and talk about it, don't believe them. They're not serious about it. If you're serious about your religion, you'll talk to people in public about it. How many believe that? Because if your religion is right, I'm going to a bad place. If Hinduism is right, I'm getting reincarnated as a dog. Seriously, do you know what they believe? They believe that those of us who are carnivores that eat meat, we will then become meat-eating animals until we learn our lesson to be back as humans. So when I look at their, their, their little pamphlets that they give me, they're warning me against meat-eating because they don't want me to be reincarnated as a pig. Has anybody ever met somebody that's handed them a pamphlet or, or a Hare Krishna or talked to a Hindu? That's what they believe. And the Muslim believes the same thing. The Muslim believes I'm a polytheist because I believe the Father has a Son and the Holy Spirit, these three are one. They believe we worship three gods. In their Quran it says, say not three. They think that we're polytheists. So when a Muslim's out on the streets preaching against paganism and polytheism, he thinks he's helping me. So listen, I don't have anything against those people who have enough courage to do that because if you believed your religion, you would go tell somebody about it. Now, are all religions equal? Yes or no? No. Are all answers on the test equal, students? No, there's such thing as wrong answers, isn't there? Two plus two is only one. There's only one answer to two plus two. What is the answer? Is it five? You got something against five? You don't like five? You must be racist. You a bigot. You a bigot. You don't like five? What about six? Man, you're a hate monger. You hating on six, but six want to fit in there. Six says it's a four. Haven't you talked to six lately? Six says it's really a four. You watch Sesame Street? Those numbers talk. Six told me it's a four now. See, we, we know this. We know this when it comes to the everyday things of life. We know that there's only one right answer to these equations. And when it comes to religion, it's the same way. Don't let the world fool you to to make you think like you're a hate monger because you believe in truth. Believing in truth doesn't make, make you a hate monger. Believing in truth makes you somebody who loves what? Truth. I love truth. If it were true, if it were true that our God looked like Ganesh, the half uh, elephant God-like creature. If it was true that our God had sent a prophet Muhammad, would, wouldn't we want to follow those religions or the one that was right? Are you here following Christianity just because somebody told you it was the cool thing to do? Or are you here following Christianity because you believe it's the truth? Okay? 
So when we say we are for peace, when we say we are for peace, what we mean, shalom in the Hebrew, irene in the Greek, when we say we down with the deuces, they give us one finger, we give them two fingers. How many have ever seen people give you one finger on the street? It's not this one, by the way. They give you one finger and we give them what? Two. We're better than them in Jesus' name. When they do that, they show their spirit is for war, but we're for peace. Are you ready for the scriptures? Go to Psalm 120, verse 1, please. Tell me if I'm alone or if the Bible is where we're at today. Because I, I look at these scriptures and I say, man, I'm not alone. I'm where the scriptures are. These are my people. Look at what the, uh, the ascent said. These were people who were worship leaders during the time of the temple worship unto our God in Israel. They said, I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. How many know people lie on Christians all the time? There's enough that they say is true. Yep, Father Tom may have done those crazy things. Yep, that Pastor Bishop may have done that. But people lie on Christians all the time. People bump into us on the streets and say, you pushed me because they want to have the police have a, have a reason to arrest us. People will come, grab the microphone out of our hands, push us, and try to throw it down. Then when we come to grab the microphone, they say we messed with them. I had a man one time scream in my face for about 20 minutes and say that I would not leave him alone. <laughs> you all get that? He screamed in my face for 20 minutes telling me to leave him alone. I'm like, I was here before you came. I'll be here after you leave. I am not messing with you. You're the one screaming at me. But people will lie on you. They have deceitful tongues. Look at what it says in verse 3. What will he do to you? This is the psalmist speaking. What will he do to you, those people who lie? And what more besides you deceitful tongue? What's God going to do to those who lie? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the broom bush. God is going to punish the liars. God is going to punish the haters. God is going to set them on fire. The Bible literally says here. Keep going. Verse 5. Woe to me. The psalmist says that I, I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Now, those places were pagan places where they mistreated the people of God. This man more than likely lived as an Israelite in Israel, but he says how it felt to him is like he was living in Detroit and living in Chicago. In other words, he's living in a place of violence and of lying and of corruption. How many people can say I relate to that? I lived on Potomac and Lawndale. Anybody know where Potomac and Lawndale is? Yeah, it's pretty dangerous. I got threatened all the time, bricks thrown at my car, drugs being sold right in front of my house. Yeah, it's real out there. This man says, this is what it feels like. Man, I live somewhere between Boys Town and the West Side. How many know if you live in the West Side or Boys Town, you need some extra prayer today? How many know that there's some stuff going on there that it's not right? Now, you might say, Pastor, what do you want us all to do, move out to the suburbs? No, man, I just want us all to be safe and be holy, amen? You can live wherever you want to live. I can live wherever I want to live, man. I just want you to be safe, and I want you to be holy. Things haven't always been like Boys Town. West Side didn't always have the reputation that it had. There was a time in the African-American community, and I learned this from my elders, the men that taught me, there was a time in the African-American community where they dressed better, 
had more respect, and went to church more than any other community in the United States. Can I hear an amen? Families were held together. The peace of the streets was there. Fathers were in their homes. And there was an integrity that happened in the ministry that people like a Reverend Martin Luther King could unify the churches in integrity to change the nation. That's the reputation that used to be in those communities. Just like there used to be a reputation of whatever now is Boys Town that you could go down there and not have to see men dressed up like dogs having sexual perversion on display. There's a picture right now of a child giving a homosexual man a dog treat as he has on the fetish of a dog mask at a gay pride parade. This is the indoctrination of our world. It wasn't always like that in Boys Town. Can I hear an amen? I said, can I hear an amen? The Bible says sin is a disgrace to every people. Every people are disgraced by sin. Every culture, every age group, every economic status, whether it's the person shooting up fentanyl uh, you know, on the streets or the one getting drunk off $500 bottles of whatever they're drinking downtown, it's all sin and it's all wickedness. That's what he said, Joe B., he said, woe is me, man. This is where I live. This is what it's like where I am at. Is there anybody in Chicago that can relate to some troubled places right now? Is there anybody that can relate to feeling like, man, woe is me. I'm in a place where they lie on me. I'm a place where there are nothing but pagans all around me, and I'm trying to do what's right. That's what he said. Verse 6, too long have I lived among those who hate peace. Too long have I lived among them. Now look at verse 7. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Woo. I wish I had some preachers in the house today. Paul, I wish I had some of those that preach on the street to say amen to this. He said, for too long I've lived among people that hate peace. They actually hate it. They don't want it. We teach them how to live in it, and they don't want it. And every time I speak to them about it, they're for war. That's your first introduction. That's what it feels like for me today living in the United States of America and specifically Chicago. I love this city. I love the people here. But every time I go out and street preach, they want war. They threaten us. They throw things at us. They spit at us. They hurl insults. Remember that guy that I told you for 20 minutes screamed in my face to tell me to leave him alone? That was the first day I brought out Bethany on the streets, my daughter. I had been waiting to bring her out on the streets, and I said, God, I don't want her to see the mess that happens out there. And I just felt the Lord say, I got you. I'm going to protect her. I'll protect you. And then the first day I go out, that's what she saw. Literally people who were passerbyers had to walk by and ask if she was okay. How about asking me if I'm okay? <laughs> Thank you for checking on my daughter, but maybe also check in on me as we're waiting for the police to come. The city of Chicago represents the United States of America. I used to live in New Orleans. I've been to many Mardi Gras. I've told you that before. before. Mardi Gras represents the United States. You see Mardi Gras, you see what's in the heart of the United States. You see, Mardi Gras is not this magical place that changes good people into sinners the moment they go to Bourbon Street. No, your dentist who went to Bourbon Street always had it in her to flash her boobs. She just had the chance now to do it. That man 
that says, I'm a homosexual, but I don't mess any, with anybody, and he has a place of business or authority here, is the same type of man that grabbed my genitals right on the streets in broad daylight and said, do you like that? He was always like that in his perverted heart, but he felt okay out there to do it. You see, all Mardi Gras does is just lower the standard of the law just enough for sinners to show us who they really are. That's why I always like taking Christians out to Mardi Gras so that they can see this is what wickedness looks like. The first thing that I say to everybody when you walk on the Bourbon Street is get a good whiff of it because that's what sin smells like. Part urine, part puke, part stagnant alcohol. That's what it looks like. That's what it smells like. But we think to ourselves that we're better than this until you just lower the bar a little bit and then you see what people can become. It's the same thing in Chicago. I travel outside of Chicago. I was just in Florida uh, and I hear it all the time. I don't know about you, but whenever I travel outside of my city, the place that I love, and I tell people that I'm from here, you know what they say? I feel sorry for you. What's going on over there? I sat down with a Puerto Rican that was from New York City, Boricua. He said, Chicago's crazy, man. He said, you're almost double the murders of New York. He was from the Bronx. He wants to come out and preach with us. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth right now. He wants one of our WEPA shirts. I'm telling you. People look at Chicago and they feel sorry for us. What's happened here? Are we any worse than, than any other place in the United States of America? No, we're just an example of what happens when you got a corrupt mayor. We're just an example of what happens when you stop policing your own people because we were to police our people before the police ever came to the people. Hello? How many know the people in the neighborhood know what's going on in the neighborhood? But there's no more authority. There's no more respect. That's why the men can't... Get the young men to respect them anymore. It's not like Boys Town is any worse than any other place that promotes homosexuality. It's just here we want to get away with more. We're used to it. We're Chicagoans. We can do this. It's almost like that swag, if I can call it that, but that cockiness of Will Smith, whether it was staged or not, he still did it. That cockiness that says, I can walk up in a public place onto a stage and slap you and still get an award is how Chicago is as an attitude. We feel entitled. It used to be they shot at night. They're shooting in broad daylight. It used to be it was a certain block, neighborhood, this gang said to that gang, we're going to fight over here. And if you weren't in that area, you weren't going to get shot. A year ago or two years ago, a woman got carjacked right down the street from here. Brains blowed out in the car with her daughter there. A couple, uh, another year ago, right here across the street during a youth service, a shootout happened at the gas station and our, our young people went over there to help. One of our sisters was going to the laundromat in broad daylight with her husband. I don't know the exact story, but somehow she was held at gunpoint. Was he inside the laundromat? Or she was not with the husband? She was with the husband. Yes, thank you. I'm looking at my wife. I guess, Cynthia, I got to look here. That's still my wife. 
But my wife may not always be right. You got my back on this. Okay, so the broad daylight laundry mat. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you the truth. This is what this psalmist said. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. Does anybody in Chicago relate to this? Or I got to go on for a few more stories. Let me finish this story. I'm going to tell two or three more. Ones that you know, right, baby boo? Husband, I guess, is inside. Broad daylight. She's with the kids. Gun up against her head. Go to the ATM. They just walked into her car, put the gun against her head, and said, go to the ATM. Thank God that's all they wanted that day. After she cast out her ATM, they, dropped, they said, drop me back off. I guess it was two or three of them, right? It was like more than one. And they got out the car, and then the husband just comes out. Hey, what's going on? You have no idea what just happened. I live among those who hate peace. My wife and I, this is street smarts for everybody. Keep two or three car lengths between the car in front of you at all times. Pastor's helping you. My wife and I driving down Milwaukee. All of a sudden, car slams on. It brakes. Guy gets out, jumps right to my wife's car, tries to open up the door. I'm driving away, man. Hey, that car is also a weapon. You get in my way in Jesus' name. Amen. Telling you. Last story on our way to CVS. Was I, was, I, was I on my way to the trap house? Was I on my way to pick up a couple hookers, prostitutes? On my way to CVS. Blah, 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 blah. I thought I was in a movie. Shooting the gun all across the parking lot. I had a visitor with me. Oh, I just want to see Chicago. Okay. Let's stop, let's stop at the drugstore real quick. Get some stuff, and I'll show you Chicago. Well, you saw Chicago, didn't you? I literally said to her, get down. I couldn't believe what just happened right in front of me. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. So now what are we going to do about it? Just all be quiet? Don't say anything? Even in services like this, people can get offended. I'm telling you, you know, even if I don't say it the right way. Oh, Joe, you talked about Puerto Ricans. You don't know Puerto Oh, you talked about the black community. Oh, you talked about Boys Town. Oh, are you really from Chicago? Are you really from? You're not from here. See, I'm telling you, people will get offended about it. Make it petty. Let's be honest. We live among a people that hate peace. Let's just be honest. Whether it was the mafia from that spirit that was on Al Capone back in the day, that's my people. That's my people. And guess what? Al Capone went to hell. And if the gangsters back then went to hell, the gangsters now go to hell. And if they're white, black, pink, or purple, they all go to hell unless they repent. Are you listening? Okay, so my people went to hell when they acted up. Your people will go to hell if they act up. All people will be turned into hell who forget our God, the Bible says. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Not only will they go to hell, they'll be turned into hell. The fires of the burning coals will be put against them. Repent. Gangsters, mafia, drug dealers, the violent. And let me just tell maybe two other stories. Can I just tell two others? I know you're probably done with what you know is reality, but can I tell you two others? Thank you, sister. You're helping me. I was driving in broad daylight, and I saw some European dude flick off some other European dude on the street. Somebody say road rage. 
I don't think he expected what happened next. That one dude pinned his car in with his car and basically came out and wanted to start beating him to death. I've watched street fights as I drive by multiple times in this city. I've watched road rage turn to almost murder. We said we called the police. I'm, I'm watching, and they're all yelling at each other, getting up. It don't, I'm telling you, all sin is a curse. But a city that allows it to go on like we've allowed it to go on will remove the peace from our streets. That's why today we don't feel safe in this city. But you now have a choice on what you're going to do. Enough of the evil there. That was the, the real introduction. Can I hear an amen for the word of God coming now? Come on, here it comes. Because now you have a choice. You and I can see all that's going on, and we can leave, go to Texas, go to Florida. Some are going there for different reasons and seasons. We don't judge you. I understand. We can go to suburbs, and I've, I've done that for my family so I can afford it. And by the way, right now, where am I supposed to get my groceries from to get cheaper than Aldi's? The food bank? You know, I mean, it's so tough right now. We already kicked uh, uh, Jewel to the curb. I couldn't shop at Jewel no more. I had to go to all these. That was in the last recession, 2008. Can I hear an amen from somebody here? Now we're shopping at all these, and you're charging me $10 a, a you know, loaf of bread. Where am I supposed to go now? The food bank? Pray for us. Pray for each other. But I want to tell you something. I love this city. I believe God has a call on us here. And I believe it's going to be from every culture. I believe it's going to be from every age group because you're going to have to make a choice. Are you just going to say, this is the way that it is? I'm, 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 I'm leaving. I'm done. Forget these people. Are you just going to say, you know what? I'll just keep, keep to myself, not mess with anybody. Or are you going to go out and open your mouth and speak and speak the word of God? When they shut down the churches during COVID, I could hear the devil say to every pastor, Hush, little pastor, don't you cry. I'm going to sing you a lullaby. Close your doors and go to sleep. I'm going to take over all these streets. Once the devil pushed all those churches, all those pastors shh, to sleep, Tito, Tito, go to sleep, Tito. Oh, in Greek, agape mu, oh, agape mu, Tito. Now the streets belong to the world. What did they do when the churches shut down? When they pushed the church into the closet, they came out the closet. RuPaul said, here I am. RuPaul went on national TV, won the first drag queens, and made it so popular that everybody knows that name now. Tell me the Christian uh, TV star that always talks about Jesus in their TV show. Name one, ready, set, go. You don't know one primetime Christian talking about Jesus on their show. They push that church right into the closet. Y'all go into the closet, you holy club people. You better than us people. You, you go in, lock, lock. Now we come out. You go to bed, church. Shh, shh, shh. We don't need you. You go to bed. We'll take it from here. We got it from here. See, the Bible says that you have a choice in times like this. Do you just want to be quiet now? Just stop talking about sin because now the world has promoted sin? Stop talking about heaven and hell because it's the cool thing right now to say there is no real heaven or hell. We're all just going to the same good place when we die. We become energy. 
that we're all supposed to look at each other's lifestyles and say, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth. Is that what we're going to do? Or are we going to speak up for the Word of God? Are we going to say what God says? Thus says the Lord. Are we going to be like the prophets of old who were told things in secret and went to rooftops and shouted it out? But what will they do? As Sister Rosa, Armando Rosa is here, as she will speak for peace, they will be for war. Pray for Nigeria. They're being persecuted by the Muslims because as we speak peace, they want war. Nigeria, about 50 plus years ago, right around that time, was a nation divided between Islam and Christianity and the native religions. At that time, both began to spread out, Islam and Christianity. And they were competing for the native cultures of that time in that region. And they were growing about the same pace. But then in the 70s, towards the 80s, something special happened in Nigeria. They got bonkified. Reinhard Bonnke was given a word from the Lord and went and preached. And please put up one of the crowds of Reinhard Bonnke preaching in Nigeria. He has preached to more people. He has passed on and gone with the Lord. But he preached to more people open air than anyone has ever done on the planet, including Billy Graham, the Pope, everybody. He has led by God's grace one million people to the Lord in one altar call, something that's never been done in church history. One million people in a, a outdoor area, came to Christ through his preaching. And now what has come about ever since? Have you heard of Boko Haram? The Muslims have developed terrorist groups and cells to start persecuting the Christians because now they have lost Nigeria. It's no longer somewhat Muslim, somewhat Christians. And these Christians of Nigeria do not carry swords. They do not carry weapons. They are speaking for peace. But as they speak for peace, the Muslims are killing them, burning them alive, and blowing up their churches. What happened in Nigeria? Revival. What was the cost of revival? Martyrdom. Do you want to speak up? Yes. But it may cost you your life. Study about the revival of Colombia in Bogota. One pastor like me was bold enough to start calling out sin. He said to those in the congregation, you know who they are. You know the drug cartels. You know what they're doing to our city. Pray for them and begin to preach to them. Do you know what the drug cartels did to that pastor? Killed him in broad daylight in front of his family. But you know what happened? The other pastors heard about it and said, we're done being cowards. This pastor just did what we were all supposed to do. We need to unite together now and pray for the drugs and the drug crime to end in our city. They went to the stadium and revival broke out for years. Read about Cali, Colombia and the revival in Bogota, Colombia but it came from the martyrdom of a pastor. We live now in a culture that wants war with the church, even though we speak peace. These are the open-air crusades of Nigeria. Does everybody see this? Those are people. Those aren't dots. Those are people. Now put in Nigeria church bombing. It just happened last week. A couple weeks ago, we shared about the sister who was set on fire, the sweet, precious sister of the Lord. And now they've blown up some of their churches. Today, 
We in America are only a few steps away from this. Because the world that we live in does not know how to rationalize their conversation. They do not know how to debate with us. They know that they lose. They only have left threats. Take away your job. You don't want to wear the button during Gay Pride Month? Gay Pride Month? Get them fired. Have them go to HR. You can find them right now on their social media saying, I'm HR and I'm gay. And if you have something to say about it, we're getting you out of our companies. Do you think it's any coincidence that everywhere you go right now, you see the gay flags? I don't know about you, but I like to every now and then watch TV, watch movies, do different things. I don't know if anybody's like me. You all, all just read the Bible all the time. I go now to my place, Paramount, gay flag. I go to the all gay flags everywhere. When was the last time you saw a cross on one of these? If you put, and I don't know the exact statistic, but I know on average, Christians can die around 100,000 a year. 100,000 Christians die a year for their Christian faith. And I don't know exactly how many die from being gay or the suffering that they have because I know that there's some persecution they get. But why is it you don't see a Christian flag being waved over any of those businesses to show solidarity? Why is it you didn't hear about this on your national news? Why is it whenever you hear about something with Christianity, Christianity is always the oppressor? Do those people have the color of skin that I have? Why do people call Christianity a white man's religion? Christianity was started by people of color and grew among people of color for 300 years before it took over the Roman Empire. What kind of stupidity are we being taught in our culture today? These are people of color. These are indigenous people. And their churches are being blowed up by a demonic religion that says in their religion we want peace, but they really want war. This is the world you're in right now. And Chicago is no different. I am asking you, and I say this from my heart, I ask this of you to speak up and bring peace even though they want war. Do not stop preaching. Do not stop teaching. Do not be discouraged from telling the truth because your brothers and sisters are suffering right now for the truth that they preach. Some of you today, you think because they give us a bad review that this means that we're a bad church. You need to go to another church that's less controversial, that has less, uh, you know, to lose. And if you bring a friend there, uh, you don't have to feel embarrassed because your pastor won't do what I just did at the beginning of my service, read a review from Google. You may think that is saving your reputation, that it's, it's good for you in the long run, that your, your job knows that you go to a church like that but you're a coward if you do. When we were being persecuted here, we had people that went to one of our schools. They worked at one of the schools, and they started protesting. They had the names of, of some of our members that worked at that school. And by the time the protests were happening, those people tucked tail and ran from our church. I almost wanted to go to the protest and say, you, you can erase that name. You don't even need to protest that name. You already won. They, they left our church. Just, just give me the marker. I'll erase it. There you go. Just keep one of those names up. Only one now still goes here. You, 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 you won with the other two. There's no point in even mentioning their names. They heard you were doing this. They, they heard about this, and, and they're done. 
You won. Just keep the one name up there. Get it right. Because that's the one that's going to keep preaching. The old saying is that they will take as much as you give until there's nothing left to take anymore. The moment a person can push you an inch. You ever dealt with a bully before? How many have dealt with bullies before? I remember in my first day, I'm not saying I'm the toughest, but I'm going to look kind of tough in this story, okay? Um, I'm not saying I'm the toughest, but I've only dealt with bullies a few times. I worked at a lumber yard. My first uh, real paying job with a paycheck was at a lumber yard. The jobs that I did first were for my family and then for family friends cutting the grass around eight or nine years old. Anybody had a hustle when they were young? How many are glad your parents did that for you? Amen? But my first paying job, 15 years old, was at a lumber yard. And I was a freshman coming to be a sophomore, working during the summer months. And my friend that was there, he was a junior. And he got me the job, and it was in his community. And so there were these other guys that worked there that were seniors, and they were graduating, going to college. Everybody get the story? I'm a freshman, going to be a sophomore. There are juniors, and then there are people that are working there on their way to college. Where, well, there was these older guys that had a relationship with my friend where it was based on bullying. Okay? And I didn't know those guys, and I didn't know them like that. But every now and then, I would be around my guy, and then these older guys would mess with my guy and me. And it was always fun and games. But then one day, somebody say one day, the bully had to learn a lesson. Okay? He got the first punch. I'll give him that. After that, he was done. And guess what? The bullying stopped. You see, bullies don't learn until they're put down. Y'all listening to me? Now, does the Bible say we fight against flesh and blood? No. Do we now take, do we now go over here to these Nigerians and give them bombs to blow up mosques? Do we go to them and say, now we're going to give you machine gun? No, no, no. We go to the devil who has been influencing them because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against every power and principality of darkness, and we tear down those strongholds. We keep sending them Bibles. We keep sending them microphones, and we say, preach the gospel until the Muslims come to Christ. We show the devil we don't die, we multiply. You said this about us. You did this to us. But we're going right back out to preach the gospel. The violent take it by force, the Bible says. Not the violence of the natural world. For those who live by the sword die by the sword. But we fight these principalities having warfare against the devil. I'm asking you today to speak even if they want war. I remember preaching one time. And they basically said to me, we know where you live. We're coming to where you're at. We're going to get you. We're going to stop you. And I remember thinking to myself, what would it be like to die as a martyr in this neighborhood? Would anybody even care? Most Christians might say, I deserved it. Man, you went to their neighborhood. This was in New Orleans. I lived in Mid-City by the Plamira gang. You shouldn't have been there anyway. White boy, what you doing here? White boy. That's what they used to say to me. White boy, come here, boy. It's like reverse slavery to them, man. I became their boy. Come here, boy. That's why they would talk to me. I'll get people on the phone right now to verify it. We know where you live. We're going to come to your house. 
we're going to put an end to what you do here. I'm not saying I'm a martyr. I'm just saying, what if I would have died that day? What would the Christians have said about me? He shouldn't have been there anyways. Why was he in mid-city? Why was he there? Why was he preaching to those gangs? Why was he on their porches? I remember coming up to one porch by the Plumyra gang, and the dog started barking, and the young girl was out there on the porch, and I was going to invite her to our children's ministry, and I was with another brother with me, and I was like, hey, girl, how you doing? I'm about ready to hand her the thing. The dog's barking. She screams, shotgun in my face. Seconds. Well, what are you doing there anyway? You deserved it. Why are you going to that porch? You shouldn't be there anyway. You should know better. Isn't that what most Christians would say about me? And then when we go to gay pride parades and we preach to them the peace of Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you, has a plan for your life, repent of your sins. And then they spit at us, they mock us, they ridicule us. Well, you guys shouldn't have been there anyway. You should have left them alone. See, the world has convinced you that what Christianity suffers for is really in vain. You Nigerians... You should know better. Stop trying to reach the Muslims. Stop trying to preach to them. Stop building your churches in their areas. You don't get to do that. Stay in your areas. Oh, but there's Christians there. It doesn't matter if there's Christians there. It was a Muslim area. It stays a Muslim area. The Bible teaches us that if we're like Jesus, we will be hated. But we should not give up preaching the word of God. Can I hear an amen? I want to go through four scriptures before I let you go now. Turn quickly with me to John chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus said, they hate me because I expose the truth. We're not talking about attitudes. That day that I had that shotgun put on my face, I didn't threaten that girl. I didn't do anything. And I understand that neighborhood may be dangerous, and he might think something's going on with his daughter. But man, what kind of society do you live in that that's your first response? It's not like, hey, let me see what's going on with the dog out here. No, it's like, I'm going to blow your head off. What kind of culture do we live in? As I said before, that you can slap somebody on the stage and still get an award for that. What kind of culture do we live in where when we are threatened as Christians, even sometimes the police will say, just, just, just kind of move out of here, man. And let me tell you where I get the most threats. It's not on the west side. It's not on the south side. It's in Logan Square. I'm telling you, man, white privilege is a real thing in Jesus' name, and it needs to stop. White people think they can do whatever they want. They come up to me. They try to slap us. They try to take the microphone out of our hand. I remember we were at Wicker Park. These white people were acting so crazy. The police said, well, you should just leave them. I said, we're not leaving. These are the people that can't take us preaching. This is the freedom of America. I said, our grandparents, my grandparents went to war against Nazis so that we could preach the gospel. We've had white people in their audacity call our people of color racist names and be supported for it by the other people of color that are sinners. In other words, I got TJ. TJ was called a coon by a white person. And yet other black people stood by and said, well, yeah, treat them like that because I don't like them either. Disrespect. I remember standing right out here and a Puerto Rican woman said, white boy, get out of my neighborhood. When white people used to say that to others, that was racist. But see, now I'm a Christian. And you can treat a Christian however you want. It doesn't matter their color. You see, the people that hate Christianity, they don't care what color you are. 
They don't care what money you have or don't, money you don't have. I remember talking to people at one point about my past as a drug dealer and all of these things, and they said, we don't care. You can't relate to us. You can't identify with us. It doesn't matter. So when I was a sinner, it doesn't matter. Where do you think I would have gone if I would have died? I would have gone right to hell. Now my testimony doesn't matter. You see, the world doesn't have any respect unless it's for their own. Look at what Jesus said. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Red letters, Jesus talking. But it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. That's why the Jews hated a Jew named Jesus. It was because he testified that their works were evil. You may not preach it like me. You may not say it like me. You go to our outreaches, you'll see all kinds of people preaching from the pulpit. You'll see sweet Cynthia come up there, even sometimes with her baby. Jesus loves everybody, so I tell you to repent of your sins. And they'll still scream and holler at her. We were at the abortion clinic two weeks ago, and we had Miss Chalet there, an African-American sister, with another Anglo sisters, I'm just saying this because it doesn't matter what culture or color you are. And white women got up in their face to the point where both these sisters needed to, in front of their children, that they needed to take their children to the park. Because there was no respect even for preaching the gospel when children present. I call them the white yoga pant wearing cult. Like you ever seen black Hebrew Israelites? You know what I'm saying? They the white yoga pant wearing cult. Put up the one of the woman flicking us off, please. The one with her yoga pants on. That's it. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the one. Can you all handle this in church? Jesus said they hate me because I testify that their deeds are evil. If it's your personality that they hate, I get it. And, and you, you might have to adjust. The Bible says be like a Jew among the Jews, among the Romans, be like the Romans. You know what I'm saying? I said, do you all know what I'm saying? I'm a 6'2 soldier from Fort Wayne representing Jesus Christ in his holy name. To all my people out there, y'all still in the game trying to make dope dollars and get your fame. You better get your life right before it's too late. You're going to find your name upon a graveyard slate. And all my 16-year-old soldiers out there, you all better be ready. The devil's looking everywhere just to take you out like another hit. Light you up, blow you out, that's it. Are you ready, boy? Are you ready, boy? You better get Jesus Christ. He's the real McCoy. You know, you know where I preached like that? You know where I preached like that? The Calio Projects, where Master P was from, Hot Boys, Magnolia, Third Ward. You would see me pop up, the church truck, the, the speakers would come out, they would all look at me like, what comes next? Bon Jovi? No. I'm a JC soldier down for life. I'm a JC soldier down for life. I'm a jiggity 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 what? Whoa, jiggity 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 what? For that soldier, 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 they should have told you, told you, told you. They're like, what? You know? And then when I go, then when I go to Chilapa Nayari, Jesucristo, Señor. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's not funny, Pastor. Stop it. This is my people right here. Look at them. That's the white yoga pant wearing cult. You mess with them, you face their wrath. But I'm out here for peace. I'm trying to save babies from being aborted. 
But they have the right to do that and then call the police on us and say they harassed us. Jesus said in John chapter 7, they hate you because they hate me and they hate me because I tell them about what's evil. Go to John 15 verse 18, please. I want to encourage you to speak up because I know some of you hear this and you're like, man, I'm never preaching with Metro Praise ever. Some of you are new to the church. You're like, I'm never going to one of your outreaches. No, you need to come. You need to come suffer for Christ. I think about all of my friends that are pastors out here, and I think about how they go fishing. You know how my pastor friends go fishing? In a bathtub, stocked with the salmon already in there. This is what they say to their team. Hey, guys, let's get a bunch of salmon, put it in a bathtub, and let's go fishing. You know what I like to say to my pastor friends? Go fishing on Belmont and Clark. Go fishing on Ohio and Cicero. Go fishing on Pulaski and Madison. Go fishing over there. Go fish over here. Show me how good of a preacher you are then. Show me how you can communicate then. And so some of you here, you're my heroes. Because when you go out and preach, you don't preach because you're fishing in a barrel and take the pictures and everybody says, ooh and ah. You go out to the highways and byways and you reach the people like Christ did. And so I want to encourage you, not discourage you. I, don't want, I want to encourage you. You're not going crazy. You are speaking the words of peace, but what's in their heart is hate and war. So don't fight them in the physical. Pray for them in the spiritual. Amen? If the world hates you, look at verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. Can I show you right now how I can sell a million books? How I can be on Oprah right now and become a millionaire? Can I tell you? Here will be the name of my book. Former conservative pastor now affirms homosexuality. Call him up. Get him on. Let's get him on. Yeah, I used to read the Bible. I was a conservative Bible thumper. And I'll talk just like this. And now I understand that God has made everyone unique and sexuality is fluid. Oh, Oprah's bringing me on her tour. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best speaker of the bunch, but I, I think I could do pretty good, Right? Let's get this former conservative. Let's get him on the tour. How many know now I'm going to be marrying Kanye, his next marriage? My friend married Kanye to Kim. I know the man, Rich Wilkerson Jr. I'm getting called now to do his next one. Call up Joe. And I'm not saying Rich compromises that much, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, I'm the celebrity pastor now. Joe's going to do the wedding. Joe, let's, let's fly Joe out to Milan. All I have to do, just, just compromise. All you have to do, this is all you have to do tomorrow on your job. If you want everybody to like you, just be just like them. The world will love you. The world will talk about how smart you are, how amazing you are, how beautiful you are, how intelligent you are. Just go be like the world and see how they accept you. They'll take you right as their own. So why does the world not like us now? The world doesn't like us now because we talk to them about Jesus. We remind them of Jesus. When that woman flicked us off, if you could go back to it quickly, the woman that belongs to the white yoga pant wearing cult, do you think she knows who we are? 
like in, like in a specific sense. I don't think she knows who we are. But why can she go from zero to 100 rage in just a second? How can she move that quickly? Because she already is a God hater. She already hates the word of God. She has already decided in her heart, I want war. And so when they see you with your cross, with your street team, with your Bible verse, with the things of God, she says, I don't care if you're speaking peace, I want war. And what we have to do is love them despite their wickedness. Go to Isaiah 9.6, please. How many believe we serve the Prince of Peace? And so we bring peace. Do you know that we've won people to the Lord at the corner of the abortion clinic? Do you know that we've won people to the Lord at Ohio Park? We're going back this summer. Do you know that we win people to the Lord over there at Madison and Pulaski? Do you know that we win people to the Lord by God's grace at Belmont and Clark? Everywhere we go, we see people won to the Lord. You know why? Because he is the Prince of Peace. What's one of the names Jesus will be called? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. But it's up to the people whether or not they receive the peace. Go to Ezekiel in closing, please, as Daryl comes. Thank you for your patience today. I know it wasn't the easiest message to hear, but I want to encourage you to keep speaking peace even though they want war. It doesn't, it doesn't come easy for me, I know, because we in, in the natural, when we're provoked, we want to respond with that same energy back to them. Ezekiel 33, 11, please. I'm not saying that I've always responded well, but I know what God is asking of me. And it's to continue to speak peace even if they want war. I think even about yesterday, almost tears in my eyes right now, man, just it gets me kind of emotional. I asked, you know, we couldn't even park around the park yesterday. So I talked to a police officer. I've been going to Boricua Fest for 17 years now. And I said to a police officer, why can't we park where we normally park? Oh, man, it's so bad now, it's so bad. You, you, you can't park anywhere around this. Do you know that when I first started going to Boricua Fest, it was packed? early 2000s, it was packed. Children everywhere playing. But now, hardly anybody goes. Now you can't even park around the park. And I saw these one guys, they were carrying the Puerto Rican flag, they were hype, you know, they were doing their thing. And, and Jason started to preach to them. And you could just see their mind was somewhere else, you know. They were just checked out. But when he talked about heaven and hell, they got checked in. They're like, oh, man, well, if God's good, why would he send anybody to hell, you know? It's like they got a little bit like of a revelation. Like, man, this, when this thing called life is over, I might have a price to pay, you know? So they wanted to try to argue away hell because it didn't feel right to them, you know? And I don't know all the answer that, Jesus, uh, that Jason gave them. But then they just walk away. And I think to myself, like, man, you don't take this serious? You're in between right now the living and the dead. I met a dude right here. I always tell this story because it just sticks in my mind. It's like these gentlemen. I met a guy right on this corner. I was preaching to him after he, because he used to be like a cell phone store. And I was preaching to him. He said, man, I ain't got no time for the gospel, but I'll take your stuff. So he was nice enough to take it. 
But he called me in the middle of the night crying because one of his dudes got his head blown off that night, you know? And I'm like thinking to myself, Jason just told these folks about heaven or hell. You asked a real serious question, and then you just walk away waving your flag like thinking, you're going to live forever or there's not a judgment to come. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not okay with wicked people going to hell right now. My emotions are touched by that. I think about this young lesbian girl that I was ministering to on Belmont and Clark and how when she needed a, a, a pastor to do the funeral of her grandfather, she called me up. And I remember telling you guys about that. And I still think of her from time to time. And I go, I wonder if anybody else is reaching out to her. I wonder if anybody loves her enough to risk offending her to tell her the truth. Because she's deceived into thinking that that lifestyle is not going to be held accountable on Judgment Day. I think about some of the businessmen that have come in and, and, and visited this church because of their conservatism. You know, people talked about our politics. We don't promote a political party. We just talk about conservative values, you know, pro-life, limited government, don't tax everybody and keep raising gas, fix the economy, help businesses, you know. So those models are shown in the Bible, but we don't tell you who to vote for. But anyways, because of that, granted, liberals hate us, conservatives will love us, right? And you remember this, Umberto, uh, during that COVID time and others, the conservatives, yay, conservatism, you're open during COVID. I heard you on WGN. I'm coming to your church. And yet they're sleeping around, living in sin. And when I preach the gospel to them, they say, well, go give that to the other folks. Go, 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 go tell the liberals that. Listen, there's not a liberal hell and a conservative hell. All sinners go to the same hell. And then, and, and listen, you and I can get to the point where we get so hard-hearted that we don't care about people anymore, and we just refuse to talk to them. I know some Christians, I'm telling you, some Christians, I meet them anywhere. You can, it doesn't matter what community, what neighborhood I'm in. I can meet them, and you know what they'll do? They'll be like, come here. And, and then when I come, I come by them, they'll be like, man, I agree with everything you're saying, but you're wasting your time with these people. And then they'll just walk away. And then these people could be anybody. It could be the high school. I mean, I've heard it every place I've went. The high school, the inner city, Belmont and Clark. Because there's always a certain kind of Christian that goes, it's not worth it, man. Just go. I don't get more of a salary because I go on the streets. You don't get more notches on your belt. We could be a church just like everybody else. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but we do something very unique here. We, we could all just say, man, I'm good. You're good, Sister Rose. You love Jesus. Have a great Bible study. Okay, I'm pretty. You're good. Okay, you're good. Dad's singing worship songs. Okay, you're good, young people. Okay, cool. Just keep coming to church. I'm going to keep encouraging you guys. Let's just do our thing. Leave them alone. Or we can take the risk of facing people who hate us and want war because it's worth it for Cynthia. Cynthia, where did we first meet you at? Prosser in front of her high school. It was worth it for her. It was worth preaching the gospel in front of the high schools so that she could hear the message of God's grace. If we would have said, you know what, it's not worth it, just leave it alone, man, just drop it, never would have met a Cynthia. 
and all the others of our church who get one to the Lord at bus stops, parks, and their neighborhoods. REL in the first service comes from the Ohio Park community that we've been going to for years. Jerry found our flyer in front of a bar as we were witnessing. She picked it up. Somebody threw it down. Rudy, who preached your service last week, found the flyer that somebody threw down at Wicker Park in his elevator. People's lives are changed when we actually care about them. This is what God says. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn. Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? That's how we preach. If you ever hear preaching other than that, you come talk to us because someone doesn't preach with the right heart. This is the heart we preach with. We don't want to see you go to hell. We don't want to see you suffer in hell. We don't want to see you die on the streets. We don't want to see you addicted to your pills. We don't want to see you get your third divorce. We don't want to see you commit suicide. We don't take pleasure in the destruction of Chicago, but rather that Chicago turns from their evil ways and live. We want to see Chicago come to Jesus. And what if it costs us something more than we're willing to pay right now? What if it costs my daughter catching a bullet because I was in a neighborhood that I didn't have to be in? Hey, don't bullets fly? Do they have names? Did my daughter have to be there? She didn't have to be there. What happens? I've counted those costs. What if my wife is the one next time with the gun put in her head? What'd they put on your door or your car door? I, yeah, I saw you where you live, Black Lives Matter. That's when Black Lives Matter wanted to kill everybody in our church or at least make us feel like they wanted to. Put on his door. I know where you live. Oh, I saw you on Facebook. Come on over here and grab this mic, son. I don't want to ruin this moment. This is a scholar right here, man. It's going to be word for word. Give it to me word for word. They didn't put it on my door, but they put it on my car door in front of my house so they knew where I lived, and then they knew my car. So they put it on there saying, I saw you on Facebook Live, and then they put Black Lives Matter. So it was probably a neighbor that knows me. Yeah. I know where you live. Who says that to, to somebody without ill intent? Why would you tell that to somebody? I know where you live. Unless you had something in your mind that you wanted them to think about. I know where you live. What if it costs us more than we're willing to pay? You're going to be ashamed? You're going to turn your back on Jesus? Oh, you know what? It don't take all that, man. There's, a, there's another church over here. They still love people. They don't do that. I always look at some of my friends as they do their outreaches. Nothing against them because, you know, they're doing their best. Oh, man, we're going to do, you know, free, you know, vaccines and give out the mask or do whatever. Yeah, but you never tell anybody they're in sin. That's why the mayor goes to your events. Because you're not really speaking peace. Go back to that scripture, please, in closing. 120 at the last verse. Do you know that when you tell somebody they're in sin, that's actually a call for peace? 
Do you know that when you're actually saying to them, repent, that's a call for peace? Have you ever heard this saying, make peace with God? Have you ever heard that before, make peace with God? That's what you're doing. But you see, the world has convinced us not to do that because it's hostile to them. Don't don't forget it, friends. I'm going to pray for us now, and I'm going to go to my knees because I can't preach a message like this without it humbling me, okay? And then I'm going to ask the altar workers to come, and we can close in prayer. And those who want to stay for our college graduation, there's two students that are graduated from the school. You're more than welcome to stay, but let's just have an attitude of prayer and humility for our city. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for mercy on my city. I pray for mercy on my country, this land, oh God. I pray for forgiveness of our sins. I pray for the forgiveness of our corruption and our wickedness and our violence, oh God. For all that has come from the White House to the houses on my block, oh Jesus. I pray for, Lord, true repentance to come to every community, to every culture. That, oh Lord, all of us would see our sins for what they are. And that, Lord, we would repent. And I pray, oh Father God, that as we repent, we would go out and spread your message of peace. That we would continue to preach even in the face of opposition. Lord, I forgive those who sin against me. I forgive them, O God, for they know not what they do. Remove bitterness out of my heart. I pray for all of us here to not hold it against them, their threats or their anger, O God, but that we would truly love them and see them come to know and love you as we do. For, Lord, we are no better than them. You have just made us better off. You have changed us from the inside out. Lord, you know that when I was wicked, I was just like them. But Lord, you changed me to righteousness. I pray you do the same for this community, for this city, and for our families, oh God. Some of us have, I didn't have a chance to read the scripture to your saints this morning, but some families have even disowned their own members here. Lord, you said this would happen, that mother would turn against daughter and daughter against mother. That Lord, there would even be division among our families because of the stances we take. Father, have mercy on us. Help us to preach to our cousins, aunts and uncles, even if they're in sin. Moms and dads, even if they're in sin, but not hate them, oh God, but love them. May we speak peace to them, even if they want war with us when they hear our words. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Can you stand up and give it up for Jesus with me today? Amen. Band and altar workers, would you come? We're going to have prayer workers up here. Thank you for coming today. You're more than welcome to stay and worship, ask questions, learn, study with us. Someone would love to do a Bible study even here. But we're going to now dismiss. I'm going to ask that Humberto, uh, one of the senior saints that we have in the house, and I'm just going to ask you to pray, brother, because you've been around this for a long time. And I know you see the state of our churches needing revival. Would you pray a revival-felt prayer for us today as we get ready to dismiss? Yes, Lord, Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you and we just pray what you taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray and we ask you, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in our community as it is in heaven. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in our city as it is in heaven. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in our state as it is in heaven. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done 
in our nation as it is in heaven. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in the world as it is in heaven, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for preparing every heart that calls on your name, suffering their hearts, preparing their hearts to receive you, your kingdom, your will, Father, so you can be exalted as king over this whole earth, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.